Excited to be with y'all this morning. Um, you know, the crossing has become this kind of, I don't know, beautiful place of, of community, of connection. Um, and so I'm glad that we're able to gather together. Um, I think that Matt wanted me again to just kind of share that, that we're here to do life together. Um, that, that we want to check in on one another. So I would encourage you this week, if names come to mind, reach out to them. Um, check in, see how they're doing, just send them a text, uh, let them know you're thinking about them, because it absolutely could be right then when they need someone, right? Um, we don't know what's going on in their lives, and, and they could be in the midst of one of those hard times or dark moments that Joe just asked us if we have any. Um, or they could just enjoy encouragement. It doesn't have to be an answer to like prayer in the dark times, right? It could just be uh, knowing someone is thinking about them, gives them encouragement in that moment. But with this this lens of Psalm 130, this waiting, um, this heaviness, this putting our eyes on the Lord, I invite you to listen to I Will Wait by Mumford and Sons by Sam. <laughs> <laughs> of dust which we've known will blow away with this new sun but I'll kneel down way for now and I'll kneel down Break my step and relent. You forgave, and I won't forget. Know what we've seen, and him with less. Now, in some way, shake the excess. Cause I will wait, I will wait for you As well as strong 
and use my head alongside my heart. So tame my flesh and fix my eyes, a tethered mind free from the lies. But I'll kneel down, wait for now, and I'll kneel down, no my And raise my hands, paint my spirit gold, and bow my head, keep my heart slow, and I will wait, I will wait for And I will wait, I will wait for you. And I will wait, I will wait for you. And I will wait, I will wait for you. Thank you, Sam. That was perfect. Mm, you know. Uh, a number of years ago, gosh, it would have been 2009, maybe, uh, I moved to Colorado. Um, and I was excited, and I knew that it was my next step. I had done all the, the thought work, the prayer work, the planning out my life. I've shared before, I like to be a planner. I like to know what's coming. Uh, I had it all set out and knew that it was my next step in life. Um, uh, we had movers. Uh, my parents helped me organize that, and they came, and they loaded up all my stuff onto a, a truck that was going to meet us in Colorado um, uh, several weeks later. And so uh, my mom and my best friend and I loaded up in my car uh, with some of my supplies and drove up to Colorado Springs. Uh, how could moving to Colorado ever be the wrong answer, might I say? <laughs> Uh, so we, we journeyed up there. We stopped at sites on the way. Uh, we moved into Colorado Springs to my apartment. Uh, we knew that there was going to be like a little bit of a gap of time before the moving truck met us. Um, but we were set. We went and did all the touristy things around town. We went and saw Royal Gorge. Like we, we found all the coffee shops. We found the good restaurants. Like we were settling in. Uh, and they were going to be there for about four days with me. Uh, and so on the second day, we were looking for the moving truck and it still wasn't there. So we went. And and we uh, did more touristy things, explored town, drove through my campus because I was going to be doing my full-time um, master's up there, uh, ate some more good food, 
slept in a hotel that night. And the next day, we knew that the moving truck was going to show up. And so we uh, went to Walmart, and I got some of my groceries and my supplies and kind of set up in my apartment. Um, and the moving truck still did not show up. Uh, and so the next day, we thought, well, maybe, because, you know, our hotel reservation's up, we thought we'd have some stuff moved in by now, so we'll get, like, an air mattress and, like, a set up a pallet for tonight, and that'll be fine, but the moving truck will be here tomorrow before they leave, uh, and so we set up all that kind of temporary living stuff, uh, and then the next morning, uh, I was faced with this reality that my stuff was still not there. <laughs> and I was gonna drive my mom and my best friend to the, uh, to the airport, and then it was just gonna be me. I didn't know anybody at that point. Um, I had none of my familiar belongings. I was living on an air mattress. Um, I'm sure I was on somebody's list because I was getting Amazon packages every day of textbooks, so it just looked real weird that I had this kind of shady setup. Um, and I waited. Uh, I'm a people person, as you know, so I was going to Target regularly just to interact with people of some kind. Uh, I started um, attending a church and uh, met a pastor there, still didn't really know everybody, and Nate, who is um, the youth pastor there, would walk me around and introduce me to people and say, this is Sarah, she just moved here from Texas, she doesn't have anything with her and she knows nobody. <laughs> Um, which was a beautiful summary statement, but maybe did not make me feel really great about where I was. Uh, classes started. Um, I, born and raised in Houston, Texas, went to A&M, College Station, not that far, weather pretty much the same. Uh, I started classes in September and it snowed, uh, which was thrilling until I realized I had to drive on the snow and ice. Um, it was faced with that reality, and on my way to class, um, the back window in my car fell in. So I was left with this feeling of, I know no one. I have no support network around me. I feel completely isolated. I have no idea what to do about this window. And my friends back home that I'm telling this all to in real time are saying, why are you there? What are you doing? Like, just move back. But I knew that that's what I was supposed to do. I knew that it was my plan. I knew that there was something... Um, but it was uh, a dark, dark season in those initial, uh, that initial time in Colorado. And I know that um, you may not all have moved to Colorado and had a, the same story as me, but I do know that you have all experienced a dark season, that you have felt isolated at some point, that you have felt this heaviness on you. And so, Joe, that prayer request was kind of perfect as we dive in today. Um, because the reality is, it may look different, but we all face different heavy seasons in our lives. Um, so this song, I Will Wait, came out um, close to that time frame, and it felt like this echo of my soul. It felt like there was this resonance between me and this song um, in this place that I was, I was in. Um, it's not a perfect fit, as few songs ever are, uh, but it felt like it was Psalm 130 for me to music. 
Um, so it, it opens, right, with this, this line um, from Psalm 1 that says, Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. It's important to know Psalm 130 is a psalm of ascent. And so what they're doing is they're making their annual trek to Jerusalem for Passover. And as they are journeying, they are still in the valley. Jerusalem was set up on a hill, right? So like literally no matter how you were approaching Jerusalem, you were doing it uphill, right? So, so as people would journey for Passover, they're singing this psalm of ascent. They're literally in the valley in the midst of the darkness. They can maybe see the hill. They can see the city on the hill, but they are moving in the midst of this dark season of life. Some of them maybe are naming a reality. Some of them are remembering something that the Lord has brought them through. But they're all in that same kind of place as what I described for a minute. Do you know that feeling? Can you see and feel your dark place? Where you are in the hard, uh, as Matt likes to say or has said in the past, the suck. Just like the, the part of life that's not fun. This song moves into this this lyric at the very beginning that says, well, I came home and like a stone fell heavy into your arms. That heaviness, I can feel the anguish in his voice. I could feel it in my soul. This, This weight of what do I do with this? This is where I am and it is a burden. It is hard and it I don't want to carry it. The world is on your shoulders. And so this line that out of the depths, I cry to you, Lord, hear my voice. I feel alone and isolated. Lord, show up. They can see this city before them as they journey, but they're still not there. And I I felt like that was me too. I can kind of see the light ahead maybe, um, but, but I'm still not there yet. People have told me the Lord is going to show up and I trust them, so I trust what they're saying, but I still am in this hard, dark valley and this place and that is my reality. And maybe I can catch a glimmer, but I can't see it fully yet. I can hold on to that hope, but it's not really um, fully illuminating my situation. Maybe um, for you, you can catch that glimmer because somebody else who has been like in the same place you're in shares their story and their hope. Maybe it's just somebody coming alongside and crying with you and letting silence do work with you to communicate that you're not alone in the midst of that season. Maybe it's a tiny thing finally going your way when nothing else has been. Maybe it's seeing um, a final date for treatment on the calendar and knowing that it's approaching, but you're on your way. It's not quite there. It's not quite sunrise, but there is a faint glimmering or brightening to the sky. You can maybe believe that the sun fully will rise (laughs) and you'll feel that warmth again but you're still in the midst of that. This psalm uh, later on goes on to say um, that I will wait for the Lord. Um, One version that I read says, I will wait with my whole being. I am putting everything I have into this while I wait for the Lord to show up. Like a watchman looking for the dawn. Uh, What strikes me in that is this desperation of waiting. My whole being, everything that is in me is going to look towards this. But also that a watchman looking for the dawn is active. 
It is not a passive role saying, I'm just going to sit here and maybe something will unfold. Somebody who's actively, like a watchman looking for the dawn, is constantly searching that horizon, is actively saying things are going to change, and I'm going to put my hope in that, and I'm going to lean into that, and I'm going to trust it with everything that I am. I'm not just going to sit on my air mattress in Colorado and hope for the best, right? I'm, I'm going, and there may not be a physical action that I can do, but I'm going to actively put my whole being, my whole trust, my whole hope in the Lord or in the doctor or in whatever it is. But I am going to trust and claim that the Lord is going to show up. I love when you pray for us, Jocelyn, because it is active. Every verb that she used was naming and claiming and calling out. It was not a, Lord, please help. It was, I call out in the name of Jesus that we are going to overcome these things. Do y'all hear the difference in that language? It's her whole being. It's active. I lift up a situation to you, which we need to do. We need to lift up the situations. And we need to actively lean in that the Lord is going to show up. It might be in unexpected ways. It might not be what our plan is. But we have to claim and know that the Lord is going to show up in the midst of those moments and those seasons. You're on your way. There's this trust that the light is coming and that we're looking for it. And maybe trust is too light a word. It's this this, um, desperate belief or claim, right, that bubbles up out of us. This desperation that says, Lord, you have to be here. You have to show up because I can't stay in this place. I can't remain in this pit. I need you with everything that is in me to move in a miraculous and mighty way. And so this chorus throughout this song repeats that I will wait. I will wait for you. I will wait. I will wait for you. I will wait for you, Lord, in this darkness where I can see the faintest light starting to glow around the edges. I will wait. I will wait for you, for you to meet me in the dark, for you to meet me in the suck, for you to help me heal, for you to intervene, for you to be you, Lord. I will wait. I will wait. There's almost this, um, this promise, or maybe in the song it's this repetition as a reminder, a reminder that the Lord is faithful, just wait. A reminder that dawn will break, just wait. A reminder that we aren't alone, others are coming, but just wait in this moment, in this season. Scripture uh, goes on to say uh, this line about putting your whole hope in the Lord. Um, Israel, put your whole hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. In this song, I feel like this is embodied by the lyric that says, I'll be bold as well as strong, and use my head alongside my heart, so take my flesh and fix my eyes, a tethered mind free from lies. Uh, In Colorado, I felt um, alone. I felt that isolation. My heart hurt in that season, and it was full of of doubt. Um, I felt lies. 
Um, and what I, what I came to realize is that my head knew the truth, knew that that's where I was supposed to be, knew that the Lord would show up, knew that I needed to wait. My heart, though, was bubbling up with um, other people's comments and doubts about my situation. Uh, my heart was bubbling up with the worst possibilities, um, with the what if I never find community here? What if for this two-year journey that I'm on, I uh, am alone and isolated? What if this is just what it is for the future, for the rest of my life, right? Like this, it became this like um, this snowball effect of reasonable, you don't have stuff here and you don't know anybody right now, to this grandiose major situation that had snowballed into, like, there's no way that I am a people person and never going to have friends again, right? Like, that's not real. Um, they're not going to judge me that I just have an air mattress. They're going to understand, right? Um, but but those, in this darkness, in this place of not actively waiting for the Lord and not claiming the hope, it became this dark pit that I really couldn't get out of. And so this song came in and echoed this truth for me that the Lord was going to be faithful and show up again. And I didn't know what it was going to look like or how, but I had to be bold and claim that that light was coming. I had to trust that the Lord was going to be there, the truth, trust the truth that this would not be the end of my story, um, and, and fix my eyes on the horizon and actively wait for the Lord to come, for the Lord to show up in mighty ways. Uh, so, so while I was in Colorado, I waited, and uh, I reminded myself that the Lord is faithful, um, and the Lord absolutely showed up in the waiting, um, First, my stuff showed up, so it wasn't as simple as that. Uh, my furniture arrived. Half of it was broken. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. Uh, I started to piece it all back together, right? Put my apartment together, uh, surround myself with familiar things. I kept going to class. I kept going um, to functions that felt really uncomfortable because I knew no one, but I knew I needed people. And what happened over the next two years was this uh, beautiful, rich community that was developed of, of friends. Um, I was talking to somebody recently who lived in Colorado during that same season, and it happened that there were several of us that moved into the area at the same time and then scattered at the same time. Uh, and one of them was going back to visit Colorado Springs, um, and she said, I'm just struck by how few of us are still there from this community in this season. Um, and how she echoed how many of us uh, lamented when we moved away because it was this rich time in our lives. Uh, but I think we needed that to break apart. I think that we needed to all go different directions. Um, but, but this community that was formed, um, and that's community is this word we throw around a lot in the church world and even in our class. Um, really what it was is we shared life together. We met for meals and for coffee. We went to each other's homes and we shared not only um, our, our like school stuff and processed that together for those of us that were in school, um, but we shared the ups and the downs of our life. We shared the really great stuff that we were experiencing and that we had gone through, but we also shared the really hard, dark places 
We got vulnerable with one another and we, we shared um, the suck and it felt like you were no longer carrying it alone. You had people walking alongside you, journeying with you in a different way than I had experienced. I have really close friends from college. We are still like connected and close to this day. I just visited one in Dallas a couple weeks ago. Um, but this season in Colorado was different. I don't know, y'all. Like it just, um, it shaped me. And it, it polished me and it stripped away a bunch of the pretense uh, that this shiny mask that I had on, um, it, it helped me to be fully who I am. And I think that if I had moved to Colorado and if the, the moving truck had showed up on day one like I had planned to, and if my window had never fallen, and if I hadn't slept on an air mattress, and if I hadn't had to drive my mom and my best friend to the airport knowing that I was living on an air mattress, I don't know um, that I would have gone in as vulnerable that I needed to be into that season. I don't know um, that I would have been as shaped, that I would have fully relied on the Lord to show up. Because, y'all, if that had all gone to plan, I would have done it on my own. And what I needed in that season was to be reminded that even in the dark, I can see God moving on the horizon. I can see the city on the hill. And I can trust and I can actively wait and I can look with anticipation for the Lord showing up in some miraculous way, in an unexpected way, and claim that he's going to be there. And so even if I had this heaviness in the beginning, this anguish, and even if I experienced that in the midst of the darkest times and those um, worst moments, I will wait. I will wait. I will wait on the Lord because I know that the Lord is going to appear and show up. In the waiting, in the space of those two years, my life changed. Who I was was clarified. My calling was clarified. Uh, my relationship with the Lord was clarified because I waited. Because I cried out to him and actively looked for him and knew that God was going to show up. Amen. Amen.